Hello and welcome to episode number 76 of the Chris Knott podcast. Today's podcast is going to be a solo outing where I talk about screening assessments, why they're important and uh, two very, very, very simple tips that you can use directly in your business that will dramatically improve your client's health and performance in the gym. So I came up with this little quirky little phrase. Uh, It sounds like something out of a Dr. Zeus book, but uh, it goes along the lines of, if you're stuck in a rut, check the feet and the gut. So as cringy as that may sound, it's just something that I want uh, trainers to kind of remember if they ever hit a plateau with the clients or the clients start to stagnate in any single way. And I personally believe that digestion and alignment of the feet are the absolute foundations of training. So it's the very, very first thing you could should be looking to look at as soon as a client walks through the door. And I want to explain a little bit more about that and give you some ridiculously simple ways of assessing uh, these two features without having to have an advanced knowledge of anatomy or biochemistry or physiology. So first things first, when it comes to losing body fat or putting on muscle, thermodynamics is always, always king. That's what wins at the end of the day. Calories in versus calories out. I like to describe the, you know, the, the way that we approach nutrition is that we've got to approach things from a goal perspective and we've got to um, approach things from a health perspective. Now, somebody who is very goal orientated or a trainer who's goal orientated might be saying, right, you need to eat this amount of calories to lose fat. And that is always the objective. Reduced calories bar none because that's going to give us the desired outcome of fat loss. Whereas you might go the other side, which is more the functional medicine route, which is it's all health, where calories are obsolete. It's all about giving the body the nutrients that it needs and correcting the problems that that seem to be representing themselves. My approach is that what I personally believe is a common sense one is that why don't look to do both and meet in the middle? So you want to give some people the nutrients uh, that they so sorely need, but you do it within a calorie-restricted way or you're doing it in a calorie... um, baseline at the same time so it's the best of both worlds so it's not that digestion is the be all and end all it's that it rules everything but it does have an impact on every single feature in the body in regards to uh, brain um, so cognition uh, detoxification um, immunity everything everything that you can pinpoint that's going to impact your clients is based on di- um, digestion and one of the biggest factors biggest biggest factors you'll ever come across in working with anybody and it's not just general population it's anybody is the way they deal with stress and stress is very very detrimental to the digestive system so you've got to look at the relationship between digestive system and stress how you can improve one which will then impact the other so it's really really holistic so that's why the first thing that I would look to do when you're looking to design any type of program or any type of nutritional program for a client is the gut so people listening to this if you it depends on you know what entry level you're at if you're at first you know first few years of being in the industry or you're quite um, you know experienced professional in this it doesn't matter if you digest if your knowledge on digestion isn't amazing that's not the point here you know i'm not going to go into strains of bacteria i'm not going to go into um you know what organs do and everything like that and glands and endocrinology if you do want to know more stuff about that, check out episode 75 that I just did with Jake Carter. That's brilliant for all that stuff. But let's look at this 
from a common sense point of view, which is how well does the food that you give someone sit with them? So what biofeedback markers, which is a fancy way of saying what's going on or their feelings, what can you monitor in a simplistic way, which is going to be subjective, so based on how the person feels, which is useful to then alter the diet? And this is the tip number one that I'm going to go for, um, which is such, such a simple way of monitoring things, but it is so effective. Get somebody to keep a stool diary. So, you know, we, we're very, very familiar with the concept of food diaries. We're very, very familiar with, um, you know, tracking calories and, and etc. Just get someone to monitor when they go to the toilet. Um, they it doesn't have to be graphic, it doesn't have to be detailed. I got this system from uh, a talk that I saw done by Owen Lacey of the ISI uh, three years ago, and it's so, so simple. You just get them to uh, note the time of day that they go to the toilet, and you give it a numerical value. So one would be terrible, very loose, smelt horrible, um, difficult to pass, you know, just a really bad experience going to the toilet you know we've all been there don't worry we're all human everybody poops 10 would be absolutely banging solid little mess in and out job done everything was fine so if you can think and it's probably not a phrase you'll have um, heard today or hear again in the future of your ideal shit like an absolute every time i go to the toilet i'd like it to be like that and that's 10 and if you can think about the time you had food poisoning from a dodgy curry and you go to the toilet after, and that's a one, that's your scale. And I think the reason why this is really good is because it takes away that awkwardness that you're going to have, especially if it's a male PT and a female client, the awkwardness of, oh, what's your toilet habits like? If they just give you a number, it it takes away that kind of like embarrassment of saying, oh yeah, well, you know, I went and it was absolutely, you know, it was like a Rorschach test on the bowl. You know, you don't want that. So just a numerical value, it's subjective, it's not objective, so it's not definite uh, definite science it is not uh, you know this is lab testing you know all these values it's not that it's just based on how the person feels but they'll have a pretty good idea um, of what is normal to them so why is that important well if you start to see somebody's diet and um, there's you're noticing trends so say for example you're giving them a low carb high fat high protein low calorie diet that in theory from the calories in calories out is great for fat loss so say they're on 1600 calories coming from x amount of protein x amount of fat and then pretty much minimal carbs coming from vegetables but they eat a meal in the morning which is smoked salmon and nuts and avocados and then about three o'clock every single day you're noticing that they're, go, they're going to the toilet and they're putting a three or four out of 10 in terms of stool quality. Now, I could go down the route of, right, let's look at the gallbladder, let's look at fat absorption, let's look at um, lipoprotein, lipase, and whatever the fuck I want to go on, you know, anything advanced. We don't need to know that. We just see a trend that there's poor stool quality after a certain meal. What does the macronutrient of that... Um, what does the what does the component of that meal contain macronutrient wise, and is there a trend? Do I need to change anything? Well, if a high fat meal causes a poor stool quality, you might see a trend in 
that um, having a high fat meal. So, so basically, this person doesn't it doesn't respond well to fats in one sitting, or it's too high amount, or the type of fats doesn't sit with them. So you either take a common sense approach, and then you just go right. Let's reduce the fat intake there and see what happens. Now, this person's already not got having a good stool quality. So if you Im- reduce the fats and you see an improvement, and they say, oh, you know, bit five or six, or it was, it was a bit more well formed. You go, there's a trend. Voila. Make a change, make sure it's all within the calorie restriction, and there you go. You'll have improved um, the digestion to a certain point. So I want to make sure that people don't overcomplicate things. Yes, you might see all these things on the internet and Instagram educating you about you know, bile and, and hydrochloric acid and, and all these bacteria. I think it's fascinating. I think it's fucking cool. And I will study it, but you don't need to know this, and I particularly don't need to know it's based on our entry level, which is just giving people fucking dietary information we're not doctors you know we're not functional medicine specialists we are people just telling uh, giving them lifestyle advice which is going to improve their overall health and if you just have this numerical correlating system of what was your toilet habit was it good if it's good keep everything the same and you're sweet if you see someone with a score of every time they go to the toilet it's 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 you're pretty much good to go and say their digestion is sound um so one thing that, uh, you know, I, I do have a digesting questionnaire. It's um, part of the um, screening assessments on nutrition that I've given before when I've done the seminars. And it is quite intricate because it will give you the pretty much exact part of the body uh, that there's an issue going on. And it is, again, subjective because it's not lab testing. But if you're not confident with testing the gut, just asking people what the toilet's habits are like are very, very important. So let's go now to the scenario of what if they come in and say they have very very poor digestion well if somebody has poor digestion it's a it's pretty much a sign of a varied amount of things and it usually tends to be poor hcl production so low stomach acid it's usually a bacterial infection so they've got a overgrowth of bad bacteria in the gut or there's some sort of damage to the intestinal lining due to stress which means that there's chronic inflammation because there's particles and unwanted uh, everything basically seeping through and causing systemic inflammation which basically means chronic stress this person is stressed to fuck because of their um, gut problems they're the big three so if we talk about a big bang for your book three which you're gonna gonna see quite a lot it's those they're mostly dictated by stress so the HCL and the uh, intestinal permeability are very, very much dictated by stress. Overgrowth is more nutri- uh, down to what you're eating, and it's usually a high-carb intake and just a, a shit food. But it can definitely correlate again to HCL production. So if you don't feel that, you know, that you think that's beyond your jurisdiction, you don't feel comfortable about talking those things, or you're not very um, clued up on identifying which one of the, um, you know, digestive ailments is caused by what just really ask the person how are they feeling so what's your mood like because systemic inflammation caused by a leaky gut um, is going to have a huge impact on somebody's mood they're not going to produce the neurotransmitters they need for calmness so they're going to be constantly wired and stressed so if someone comes in and go oh you know i have a meal and then it just dumps on me i'm bloated uh, i'm tired i can't think straight you're then going to kind of think, right, well, I need to see what foods they're eating around that time and what caused that reaction. So it's not necessarily about finding the perfect diet. It's more about chopping and changing and playing with things whilst unanimously, obviously, making better better choices. So if someone's having a fucking Mars bar, you know, I'm not saying change the Mars bar for broccoli, 
but think about something with maybe a less aggressive sugar spike uh, and a better than choice within the calorie restriction. If you're not doing this, you're massively, massively missing a trick when it comes to getting people healthy. Maybe not lean, but healthy. Because remember, I was saying that lean, uh, getting someone very, very lean is down to thermodynamics, it's calories. But I don't see the point in being lean if you're not healthy. I, I really, really don't. Because if you get absolutely shredded, but you've got so much dysfunction, like your sleep shit and your digestion slip and your shit and your mood's really, really poor, what's the point? You've just fucked up your body for no reason to you know, get a decent picture of something. You need to make sure that digestion is always optimal because it's the foundations. You know, if you have a absolutely solid cement floor, which is rock solid, and you have quicksand, which one do you want to build a house on? If you're going to build a big, strong house, I'd rather do it on the solids that cement than on the qu quicksand that's uh, sinking. And good digestion is that solid base of cement. Poor digestion is the quicksand. Now, if somebody comes in and they say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just my, my I'm bloat after every meal, you know, I have, um, you know, I have this and then I just feel like so gassy or I can't think straight. And you go, all right, okay, okay, and ignore it. That's like not even looking at where you're building your house, you know, whether it's right next next to a motorway or whether it's right in the, you know, right on a train track or whether the found whether the, the land that you're building on is going to sink or flood. It's like not even building if you don't address it. So you've really got to be diligent into this because if because let's look at it this way: if someone comes to you and they say I bloat really badly, and you just say okay, or you don't even ask them that question, you could be giving them foods that that exacerbate the issues. So I'll give you an example, which isn't to go into that topic, because again, it's not the purpose of the podcast, but think of it like this. Bacterial overgrowth are very, very common, and that's when you've got a quote-unquote infection of bad bacteria, and it's when the population and variety of different bacteria in your, in your gut becomes more scarce, so there's not as many good bacteria as we need. You have a... a um, kind of a reduction in colonization of the gut and bacteria from, from nature. And this is very, very common in the Western diet. Now, if you don't have certain bacteria, bacteria um, don't just make us feel healthy, but they, they have a huge, huge part in digestion itself. If you don't have certain strains, giving people fibers and vegetables um, can actually make them very, very gassy. So you could t someone could come to you and you could say, right, broccoli's amazing, or, you know, greens, cruciferous vegetables, glutathione, detoxification, fucking, you know, everything you want to say about broccoli and how amazing it is. But if you've not addressed this um, bacterial overgrowth, they could have a stick of broccoli and their stomach could get distended and they'll be farting and they'll be feeling like shit. And if you give someone a diet where, you know, they feel like shit, this this not really going to be improve the quality of life. They they will get lean because there's not that many calories in broccoli. They will get lean, but they won't feel healthy. So think about foundations. And again, you don't have to be functional medicine specialist to to um, to at least address this. You know, if you find that somebody's got really bad digestive issues and it's beyond what you know, just refer them out, or maybe do a bit of research and things, or or, or look into improving your education on it. Um, but not addressing it at all is is very important, and this is it, this is the exact same principle as the feet, which we'll go into in a bit. But you need to set the foundations now, because let's look at it this way: say you've got somebody who comes to you for twelve weeks, and they're doing amazingly well, amazingly well, eight weeks in, and 
in four weeks time they're doing a photo shoot uh, or they want to be under 10 percent body fat and the reason why i'm talking about this is because i've dealt with this before both firsthand and observationally with other people in where i work so let's just say first eight weeks is going great brilliant everything's everything's hunky-dory but then with four weeks to go which is the deadline which is really really important because they go you know they've they've paid a lot of money they want this picture they want to get under a certain amount they start to develop these issues and maybe the bacterial overgrowth or the low stomach acid which has been teetering on um a problem something has triggered it the low calories the high cardio has triggered a stress response that's the straw that broke the camel's back suddenly there's a really evident digestive issue and this person can't stick to the diet anymore they're getting distended the stomach's really hurting them they go fuck this i'm having a pizza because i'm stressed i need to cope with the stress what do people use to cope with stress they use food they get upset the mood goes down vicious circle off they go they haven't completed the program because they completely sabotage themselves back into old patterns back into psychological patterns they, they can associate with from previous um, experience which is shit foods they make you feel better now i feel shit what how do i improve my move again i eat more shit food because it makes me feel better acutely chronically i'm really um, disrupting my health so that's why if you don't address this shit first and get people really fucking healthy first you're making it hard for yourself later down the line so always check the gut now we're going to look onto the feet the feet is our communication with the ground and again that's a really really obvious point but sometimes the most obvious things get overlooked because they're so obvious now if you anything that you do and this is this is a direct quote from the foot collective on instagram who i'm a huge fan for when it comes to um talking about the feet they put some fantastic information up but if you do anything standing, then it's a foot exercise. And that's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant quote. Now, it doesn't matter what demographic you're in. It doesn't matter if you are general population who sits at a desk. It doesn't matter if you're a high-performance sports athlete. It doesn't matter if you're a powerlifter, strongman, weightlifter, crossfitter, runner. It doesn't matter. You use your feet, and they need to be strong, healthy, and well-aligned. If they are ever so slightly you know deviated in where they need to be through tightness or weakness or whatever then that can cause a problem at the next junction up and the next junction up and the next junction up and that's the principle of the kinetic chain so this kinetic chain i think is like a mysterious word you know mysterious word and it's like well, it was to me where it's like what is it? how how does something in your feet impact your shoulder and your and your neck and it's very very simple is that <laughs> everything is connected and that's not like um you know, it's like a spurious term, like, oh, it's all connected. It's like, no, it's, it's connected. Think about it. You know, the, the muscles that are attached in the feet are attached to the shin bone. The shin bone attaches to the next bone along in the knee, and then there's muscles that attach in the knee that go into the hip and so on. So it's like a, a pulley system. If there's a problem in one area, then there's going to be a problem in the other. Now, the foot itself is is really cool, which you probably won't think at all, but I think it's really cool because um, it is like, artwork it's not just shaped to be it's the, the, the bones shape it the muscles shape it and it's really clever and you know if you, I'm, I'm completely cool if you listen to things going you, you're a fucking gimp and that's cool um because i am but the, the the actual shape of the foot is 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 really cool um and the interactions of things and getting an image of it 
and just spend uh, what i'd recommend doing is just spend like maybe 10 minutes or half an hour just looking at the bones in the feet and looking at the muscles that attach to it and common sense will really show you why it's so so important if you think about things like knee pain and every anytime somebody has a pain somewhere they'll compensate in a different area to try and take themselves out of pain so that's something that i think is very very important to remember and the human body is incredibly incredibly smart at compensating and it's not like we move it's it's not like these poor patterns that we develop are bad for the body because you, you you technically think well they are bad for the body but we're just trying to move in the most efficient way and if our structure changes through you know quote unquote tightness um, we then develop um, a different movement pattern or we try and load a different uh, a muscle differently so so I'll give you an example is that um, you know maybe the feet there's a fallen arch in the foot that impacts the uh, knee is internally rotated that internal rotation then means that whenever whenever there's a hip hinging pattern the knee is not in an optimal place the knee not being in an optimal place because where the femur is is going to impact muscles at the anterior of the hip so for example the um, tfl that's one i think is very very important if the knee collapses in tfl is not going to work properly which means the pelvis isn't aligned which is going to be a torque which is usually going to be compensating the lower back so you can increase the amount of shearing force on the lumbar spine or lumbar flexion or load on the lumbar spine itself due to a fallen arch in uh, one of the feet and that's a very very common thing to do and the problem is is that this can be so minute it can only be like a few degrees like a little little bit and this tiny bit is um, may not seem like a lot but over time it chips away and um, you get the adaptation the muscles tighten and these can hypertrophy and this is the, that is the bad news because you can have a hypertrophic adaptation where muscles get bigger in certain areas or bilaterally which i see loads of is that because people weren't aware of these things they drill the pattern they get really fucking strong in squats and deadlifts with this dysfunction this this foot uh, malalignment and then the body adapts hypertrophically so it grows muscle tissue in difference uh, from left to right and I see this all the time. And don't worry, I'm the same as well. I have my left side of the body, right side of the body is different. You probably listen to this and you go, ah, I'm, I'm the same with that. I see loads of, you know, there's women with um, glutes, one side bigger than the other. And it does stem, in my opinion, from the feet. And to be honest, I'll say it does. It does stem from the feet. Now, here's the thing. I'd say that anything, um, if the feet are fine, so if you do find that the feet are absolutely sound, there's no issues, um, but this dysfunction at the hips, it's probably down to a lifestyle or cueing thing. So something to do with their lifestyle or the way they're training or an injury. So, you know, they might have had a, a, a stomach injury or surgery that's cut open the abs. That could be the thing. So if the feet are perfect and there's no dysfunction and there's dysfunction at the hips, you've got to look at previous injuries, lifestyle habits and training styles and history. If the feet are not perfect, you're pretty good to say there's dysfunction everywhere else from up. So if you look at someone's feet, and it's the first thing I do in my um, screening assessment for um, mobility and structure, first thing we check is the feet because that's the tick. If the feet are good, brilliant, next structure up. If they're not, right, that needs to be fixed first. It's the first one on the list for me. because Why? Because your feet are constantly communicating with the floor, carrying you everywhere. So that's the thing. So, so far, like I said in the beginning, 
If you're stuck in a rut, check the feet or the gut. How do you check the gut? Get someone to take a shit diary or a food or a poop diary, whatever you want to call it. Just I just call it digestion diary. What time do they go to the toilet? Because that is important because then you can correlate back and see what they've eaten in the past 48 hours, um, what it might be, and just get them to score it. One out, uh, one out of ten. Ten is really bad. Uh, sorry, one is really bad. Ten is really good. Very, very simple way of assessing somebody and looking at the digesting quality. What do you do with the feet? Now, the f- I, I don't want to geek out and go into loads of um, stuff you can look into with the feet. Here is the most simple one, which will save you tons and tons of time if you want to um, get someone strong and lean in compound movements or do anything. Look at their ankles from the back. So stand behind them in the posterior view of their ankle. Look at where the medial ankle bone sits, so the inside of the ankle bone is, and look at the lateral one. Now, if somebody has a pronounced arch or the arch is healthy, the medial side of the ankle should be higher than the lateral. So the inside should be pointing out. So think of it like this. You're looking at someone from the back. You draw a line down their spine, which cuts their body symmetrically in half. The arrow, if you were to draw a line through the ankle, they should meet up like a roof of a house directly in the middle, if they're even. So if you wanted to assess it, you put a line down the middle, obviously on a graph, not in real life. Draw a line through the ankle and see where it meets. It should hit the middle line at the same point as the opposite ankle. If there is a fallen arch in one, that line will be lower and where the lines meet will be shifted to either the left or the right, depending on which one's flatter. If the left is flatter, the line will be where they meet will be shifted to the right. The right is flatter, vice versa. If they're both flat, where they meet will be lower. Um, the, why is this important? Well, I'm telling you now, if you have somebody with a fallen arch on the left or the right or really flat arch, it might not be in the first week, it might not be in the first six weeks, 12 weeks or six months you train them, but eventually they will start to get knee and back pain if you load them heavy enough and they're training frequently enough. I'm, I'm very, very sure of this. So this is why it's such an important foundation you assess are the feet flat through the position of the ankle and that will give you an indication whether it's safe to do squats or deadlifts first if you find someone with a flat foot and one more than the other get them to squat down as deep as they can look at them from the back look where their hips are and look where their knees point the one the the foot that's flatter the knee will be more parallel so it'll point more inwards towards the center line the one with the foot which has a higher arch, the knee will be more uh, outwards, so it'll be more externally rotated, so in a more optimal position. And it's a very, very simple test. Um, how do you correct it? Could be another podcast in itself. If I was a more astute businessman, I'd say attend my seminars and I'll tell you, but I'm not because that'd be a dicker thing to do. Just, you've got a few options. Orthotics would improve it but that's a cheating, lazy way, but we would 100% do it. If somebody's in pain, yes, get them orthotics. It'll take them out of pain quickly. But the simplest one, and again, it's common sense, they have to train the foot um, with an arch. So they need to learn how to use the arch properly and how to train the foot in that way. So uh, creating a strong arch and training it again. And what that's likely to do is it's going to mean they have to use lighter loads. 
Why do you start with the feet and the gut? Well, because you don't want to do eight weeks of getting them strong in a movement and then have to do another eight weeks of doing regressing them to, because you found out suddenly after eight weeks of training them and they're getting knee pain, oh, the foot's collapsed. collapsed. Right, and now I need to regress them, start doing body weight stuff and we have to start again. So checking the digestive system and the feet is a time saver. It's a very, 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 very important time saver. If you do this and go check, check, both good, sweet, let's go. So you don't, you don't want to have to regress because you miss something which is painstakingly obvious and simple to assess. It's a very, very simple test. So that's my thing today. If you're stuck in a rut, check the feet or the gut. Check the feet. Where are they pointing? Um, are they flat? Look at them from the posterior view. Um, so from, from the back. Digestion, you want that to be good. If somebody's digestion is poor, it doesn't matter how low the calories go, they're going to feel like crap and their health won't be good. If you think getting someone lean is more important than getting someone healthy, you're a prick and shouldn't be in this industry. Okay? That's very important in, to my opinion. If you disagree, that's fine. I don't care. But think about this, is that health has an impact on the quality of your thoughts, which therefore is going to have a qual impact on the quality of your mood. If you're a type of person is willing to sacrifice somebody's health at the expense of getting them shredded so they look better to improve your business, you have one objective and agenda and don't think you're fit to be in the industry. This is the health industry, not the get people in dysfunctional places because it's good for me industry. So that's my fundamentals. If you have any questions on this, feel free to hit me up. You can do it through Instagram, you can do it through email, through Facebook, whichever you like. Um, I do offer seminars on how to assess the entire body, not just the feet, and the gut with the upcoming dates being confirmed very, very soon. Apart from that, thank you very much for listening. I apologize for the swearing and any kind of rants, but it's just what I felt like talking about today. Uh, I appreciate everyone who does listen, and if you have applied this and you start to use it with clients, let me know because I'd love that. I'd love to know that it's improved the quality results you can get with somebody and your business. Uh, great to hear from you. Thank you very much. Uh, more podcasts coming up very, very soon.